Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we bring you Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. Uh, this week we are covering uh, the Thunderbolt, December Sky, and Volumes 1 through 3 of the manga. Um, right now we have a special edition of the podcast going on uh, because I screwed up. Um, so the last time we recorded, we had about an hour and a half worth of content, uh, where we went back and forth and we had really good conversation and, um, we're using a new way to record the podcast. And when I did it, it did not automatically save all of the data. So that being said, I'm going to have to record part of this podcast over again and then bring the guys back in and then we'll discuss some of the parts so I don't drag these guys through another hour and a half discussion. So uh, I am your host, Lane, and I will be kind of summarizing uh, the Gundam, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, Thunderbolt, uh, December Sky, and then we will bring uh, Scotty and Luke in and we will talk about the things we like and we didn't like. And hopefully you still enjoy this experience. It should be more or less the same, except uh, in this place, in this section, the first part of this episode, I am just going to kind of do a rapid fire summarization of uh, what happened in the episode, uh, kind of like a play by play. And um, then we'll jump into the, the next section. Um, just a heads up, uh, this whole Thunderbolt series, we are going to cover uh, December Sky in this episode, and in the next episode, we're going to do Bandit Flower and uh, chapters roughly four through seven of the manga. Um, and then, uh, since manga chapters up through 12 are out, uh, we're going to cover those separately. We're not sure if we're going to do those in one episode or if we're going to do those in two. Um, we're just going to try to play it by ear based off of the content in there. Um, and there's no corresponding anime. So, that being said, YOLO. All right, so let's get started. Uh, So Gundam Thunderbolt, uh, December Sky, it starts. We don't really have a good time frame for it because uh, it never really says exactly when this starts. But it starts in Side 4 near the Old Moor Colony. So uh, there's two two sections or there's two uh, factions that are represented in this show um and so the the federation section uh is the more brotherhood who are basically a group of uh military um guys that came from more colony and more colony is one of the colonies inside for which it's kind of hinted that this is where they're fighting um for at least part of the battle um and they've kind of like all gotten together joined the federation um, been conscripted in a lot of cases, and they are uh, their main goal is to protect Sector Four and um, rebuild the Moor Colony. Um, some of the main protagonists that we have in here, and there's there's definitely more, but we have um, Eo Fleming, who is our main character, and he is our uh, mobile suit pilot. Um, his his father was the leader of Side Four. Um, who killed himself under pressure once Azaku got into the colony. Um, we also have uh, Claudia, who is the captain of uh, Eo's ship. And uh, she is a drug addict and all sorts of fun stuff. And they have some love interest between each other. Um, 
And then we have Cornelius, who is, uh, he's more featured in the uh, manga than in the anime, but he is essentially uh, Yo's best friend um, and his kind of support uh, guy that helps him like get ready for fights and fights and all that stuff. Um, the next group we have is the um, Living Dead Division. They are a Xeon um, group. Uh, that is also stationed inside four and they are on the defensive. They are basically protecting um, the uh, side four because it is a um, supply route to a coup. Um, and we've kind of uh, guessed in the last episode in, in, in the <laughs> undiscovered episode that this is probably happening um, later in the war. Uh, but, uh, obviously, Solomon and about the Battle of Baku have not happened at this point. Um, so uh, there's a little bit of fuzziness there, but it, probably shortly before Solomon, but not like drastically before. Um, so in the Living Dead um, group, we have um, Daryl Lorenz, who is their main pilot. Oh, quick thing. Everybody, for the most part, in the, the Living Dead um, division is uh, some sort of amputee. Uh, Daryl Lorenz, who is their main pilot and their ace sniper, um, in the beginning of the show, he is missing both of his legs. Uh, and then there's a handful of other guys that are missing one arm or two arms. Um, most of these guys don't get, don't get named too much, um, but we do have uh, a Dr. Carla, who is kind of like the main um, female protagonist on the Xeon side. Um, who is responsible for maintenance of the living dead and research and things like that. Um, so the beginning of this episode, we get a lot of uh, music jazz on the Federation side and kind of like classic bluesy music on the uh, Zeon side by Daryl. So they're both listening to these radios or recordings. Um, and Daryl is in the, uh, um, in, in, he's an Azaku, and he is just sniping all of these groups of Federation pilots that are trying to get through because they're trying to, you know, push Xeon out so they can take over the sector and then cut off a trade route. Um, all of these mobile suits that we have here are um, some form of mo modified GM suits that have uh, shields, um, so they're able to fly through the wreckage because this whole side four is essentially um, just strewn apart wreckage of destroyed colonies. And so there's so much wreckage that when these guys fly, um, it would normally blow up their suits. So they use these shields to kind of like uh, take the brunt of that damage and, and allow them to get through. Um, and But it also slows them down in some ways. And, and uh, uh, Daryl's able to take out so many of these pilots. Um, we open up and we see uh, Hoover... Uh, which is one of uh, the living dead guys. He, uh, after Daryl and his group have taken out so many of the Federation, including the one of our, our, our EO Fleming, um, EO is able to get over to uh, a mobile suit that's piloted by a guy named Hoover, who we've, we're told has a fiance and can't wait to get back home. Uh, he's actually at one point in the manga, um, Everybody's like, well, let let Hoover have some shots so he can get up to his quota and, and get the hell out of here back to his fiance. Um, so uh, Hoover is you, 
surprised by you who uh, flies up to his mobile suit and uh, shoots him straight in the head. And um, at this point, there's a little bit of difference between the manga and anime where the, uh, in the manga, Daryl's asleep and is basically woken up and said, Hey, what, what's going on? And wake up and, and deal with this. And in the um, anime, he's, he's like paying attention. And he sees this whole thing. Um, regardless, uh, EO and Daryl meet for the first time and, um, their rivalry is set off. EO kind of taunts Daryl for being an amputee um, and says, when you hear my jazz music, uh, no, that's the last thing you're going to hear. Um, EO, EO takes the um, Rickdom and uh, flies back to the Federation ship uh, where we see that basically all of the... Um, the, the mobile suits have taken damage and only a handful of them are even serviceable at this point. So when Yo gets back to the, uh, the Federation ship, even though he has um, through stealing the Dom, all the coordinates of the Xeon snipers, they can't get out and, uh, and do like a, a counterattack because they don't have the resources for it at this point, um, which sucks, whatever. Um, well, so we go back to Xeon. We see, uh, Hoover in a body bag and there's some talk about um, using his prosthetics to re- return get uh, data back f- for research so there's a implication that these guys are are doing more than just like piloting suits they're kind of you know, gathering information ba- uh, from the prosthetics to uh, improve or do research somehow um, we also see Dr. Carla freak out when she see Hoover's body um, she is not his fiance, but uh, nobody seems surprised because there, there's a comment made by Daryl. I never really liked him anyway. He was he was a playboy, and uh, the doctor is apparently uh, part of that playboy uh, um, ethic that he he so pushed out there. Um, but Hoover is dead. The doctor is sad. Um, fun times. Uh, so when we get back to the Federation again, we see Yo being told that he is going to get to po- pilot a prototype mobile suit because he is the most senior mobile suit pilot now because everybody else has died. Um, and the captain seems really reluctant to do this, but then she makes out with them. And then we learn kind of about their background together, uh, and everything. Uh, in the manga, we see the, um, XO kind of, uh, expounding on how much he dislikes Car- uh, uh, the, the the captain Claudia and uh, and EO and, and all of the 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 elite from from the more brotherhood because he feels like they are responsible for you know his family's death and the loss of of the colony uh, because you know they made all the decisions not then now they're making all the decisions now. So yeah, he, he really wants them to, to die. So when he finds out that um, Yo's piloting the mobile suit, he's basically hoping that, you know, Yo um, takes it and dies. Um, so at this point, we also see Dr. Carla again. She is begging Daryl to kill Yo, and he is just kind of out of it. He just asks her for drugs. Um, we, we also see in the manga um, the introduction of... Uh, Daryl with Giran and also Dr. Carla with, with Giran. They have won some sort of awards. Um, 
you know, the doctors obviously won an award for some sort of medical research or scientific research. And Daryl and his um, group have won some for like valor in battle for um, losing their limbs. Uh, we also learn that at this point that um, uh, EO's father had killed himself uh, when the, the col- things in the colony went south. And the um, and EO gets to launch in his new uh, Gundam, which is unnamed at this point, but it is the full armor Gundam. Uh, and it's really cool looking. It has four shields and all sorts of neat Gundamness. Um, the this the scene in this in the anime is from the first person uh, perspective of Azaku that is just absolutely getting wrecked by this this uh, full armor Gundam, and it's really cool. And I'm sure we'll talk about this more in a little bit. But this is one of my favorite scenes as far as fight scenes and mobile suit Gundam all together. Um, it, but yeah, the the Azaku gets wrecked, and then we flash back or flash forward to the Living Dead getting their first view of the Gundam. So at this point in the war. Um, everybody knows what a Gundam is, especially these living dead guys. And they are freaked out. They're like, we've got to fight that thing. Uh, (laughs) Good luck. Um, So we go back and we see Daryl who is hooked into a test system um, where his legs are like jacked into this, this kind of bare metal Zaku. um, And they call it the reuse psycho device. Um, So in the manga, they basically tell him, you know, for, for the, the psycho device to work, you need to imagine walking. Um, so he closes his eyes and we see kind of flashbacks to his past where he's running on the beach and then he's fighting on a battle, battlefield, getting his legs blown off and um, kind of having like some traumatic experiences. But we also see that he is able to like run uh, with the Zaku, control the Zaku by using this. So this is kind of like an early form of the, uh, the, the psycho frame. Um, and we also then see the the next guy coming in who doesn't have arms. Supposedly he's going to go out and he's going to test uh, this Zaku, psycho Zaku with um, uh, his arms. Um, so Yo is back out in the, the full armor Gundam again, getting crazy, just taking people out left and right. Um, and he engages Daryl's unit. So this is a little bit of uh, flash forward. Um, and he is just taking people out left and right. Um, in the manga or, or in the anime, he, he um, Daryl has a, a solid beat on him, and he is about to just blow um, Yo out of the out of the out of space and kill him, and you know be the great sniper that he is. But uh, out of nowhere, a giant thunderbolt comes, and it blocks. Uh, the the shot and saves Eo. Um, Eo takes uh, one of Daryl's squad mates and just uses him as a shield to get up close to Daryl. Um, and then when Daryl's about to to get killed by Eo, um, Daryl launches this kind of uh, flashbang grenade that allows him to escape. Um, during this time, the Federation uh, ships take out two Musais. Uh, because Zeon is is too distracted to um, properly defend, um, so uh, Eo's attack was kind of like a, a diversionary tactic there. Um, then we get see a, a flashback to Daryl. Daryl is um, it's Christmas in Zeon. He's a young kid. He's walking around with his dad, listening to music, and then when he wakes up, 
he is now missing an arm. So now he's down two legs and an arm, which sucks for him. Um, and we see the captain of the ship basically saying, you know, Zeon has been ordered to defend this sector to the last man, including you scientific uh, research guys. So everybody is going to stay in this se- sector until they die. Um, he also mentions uh, that, well, the lead scientist, male scientist says, this test suit's all almost ready that we have. Um, all we need is somebody that has four limbs that can be used by it. And as we've seen, Eating two legs and two arms. Well, somebody almost fits that. Well, they make Daryl fit that profile. So they cut off Daryl's fourth limb. Now Daryl is missing both arms and both legs. Um, We also find out that Dr. Carla's father is in prison for treason. And she wants nothing to do with this, but she's also kind of being forced into doing this. So despite not wanting to amputate uh, Daryl's other arm, she is forced to do it. Um, and he kind of plays it off better because, you know, he gets another double promotion, not like we've ever seen that in Gundam before. Um, so yeah, so he gets his, uh, cool psychozaku and he just starts kind of going nuts at this point. Um, then we go back to the Federation. We see, um, Claudia is using some sort of drug, could be heroin, like, I don't know, new type heroin, who knows. Um, but she's a druggie um, and and EO finds out and just slaps her around and yells at her. Um, and she basically cusses him out uh, and says like, I, you know, I'm just like your dad because, uh, you know, he killed himself when he was under stress. <laughs> so uh, we see kids also showing up on the... Uh, the, the Federation side now. So there's a group of kids who have apparently gone through some sort of training and are now volunteers. Um, there's, there's a little bit of difference between um, Io's uh, response in the manga and the anime, but either way, he's, he's not thrilled that this is happening. Um, there's some talk by some of the crew that this is one of the reasons they're making all of these prototype Gundams because kids love Gundams. And, you know, as these kids are like taking selfies with it, um, it's a good motivator to get some, some free labor. You know, you train these kids for a few months so they can jump into a Zaku and then, uh, or not a Zaku, I'm sorry. They can jump into a GM and kind of be like a meat shield for some of the better pilots out there. Um, so Daryl has, gets a party for losing his limbs uh, he, you know, he's selling it off to everybody as I'm glad I'm able to protect you guys. So don't, don't worry about me. I'm, I'm here for you guys. Um, and we also find a little bit more information out about EO and, uh, Claudia and Cornelius. They were all, um, airplane pilots pre-war. They were kind of like rich, richy rich kids. EO was, uh, flying planes inside a colony when he was 10 years old. Um, yeah, so really privileged life from them. Um, and then we see, uh, Daryl launching after the doctor kind of apologizes to him and kind of hits on him a little bit. She's moved on from, from Hoover pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, Daryl is out and he is going to fight in his psycho Zaku. Um, and then we see the kids taking selfies with full armor Gundam with EO and everybody else, because he's the Gundam pilot now. Um, and EO kind of gives them a little speech 
Uh, and then he says they're to be his shields. He calls them the expendables. Uh, he kind of infers that he might be expendable too, but you know, the kids are expendable. Um, and then we see uh, Claudia vomiting into a sideways toilet and sobering up enough to show up for this uh, final battle. Um, so once the kids and launch, uh, they get into a battle and they, they start getting wiped out left and right by a single Zaku. Um, eventually they're able to get their shit together and um, fight. But, you know... Um, they're still not good enough. Uh, and they, they start getting taken out left and right. And basically none of them survive this battle at the end of the day. Um, the Xeon people at this point try to get to an escape ship because everything's going out. All, all the ships, Federation and, and uh, Xeon are getting blown up. Um, but the doctor is planning on going down with the ship. Um, she gets in a Millennium Falcon-like uh gun turret and um, starts shooting at the Gundam, which she sees. And the person next to her gets blown up and she kind of freaks out about that. Um, Daryl, in the meanwhile, he unloads on a Federation convoy, um, takes out tons and tons of Federation ships. And uh, while Yo is also taking out Xeon ships. Um, so in this time, the, um, the, the Federation ship is basically blown up, um, and we see uh, Captain Claudia heading to save the XO, the one that hated her so much. Um, and this is probably a part where, where Scotty's going to talk about it a little bit later, um, because there's so much confusion, confusion about how this plays out in the anime versus the manga. But essentially, the XO shoots the captain, and she gets sucked out into space and uh, floats around for a while. Um Uh, Xeon reinforcements are starting to head um, towards the battlefield. So um, not all is lost for Xeon at this point, but it does look pretty grim for the Federation troops. Um, at this point, we see an awesome battle between both the uh, both the full armor Gundam and the Psycho Zaku, um, and they go back and forth, and they're pretty ev- evenly matched. Um, but the uh, the Zaku uh, the Psycho Zaku at, at a certain point gets to blow off part of the Gundam's face and takes out his left camera, um, and then we also we're, we're seeing during this fight flashbacks and or flash sideways episode whatever we want to call it of um, the Federation guys getting on top in in a Zeon ship and they're going to try to take it over, um, but. Uh, Xeon soldiers are kind of oblivious for the most part, um, but the the doctor seems to know that some that uh, that there's people trying to take it over, so she's going to blow the entire ship up, which is a great plan. Um, so Cornelius at this point finds the doctor and she he stops her from blowing the ship up. But at the same time, he's kind of painting a target or one of the guys behind him is painting a target. And there's a GM that opens his beam saber up and opens a hole in the ship. And um, she gets sucked out and kind of freaks out and goes crazy. 
Um, and, but he, the ship is prevented from being blown up, even though there is a uh, one guy that like blows up part of the ship when he pulls a, an explosive out of his limb. Um, so we see the the Gundam, the full armor Gundam, become the less armor Gundam, um, and Feds and Zeon troops are fighting in the ship. Um, and uh, at this point, um, Daryl's Zaku kind of like slams against a wall and it seemingly loses power. And at the same time, Daryl loses motivation to fight. Um, and then he begins fantasizing about uh, running around and making out with a doctor um, on the beach. And all this time, EO is charging towards Daryl and it's going to just take him out. Um, so at this point we see our second piece of fate happen. Another thunderbolt launches down and it's unclear exactly what happens here, but essentially um, the, the, it basically seems to reboot the Zaku in the anime and at the same time motivates Daryl to like um, fight back. And Daryl uh, launches a missile that clears off the Gundam's head. It doesn't even blow up the Gundam's head. It just like knocks it, like decapitates the Gundam and like the head flies off. Um, and and Daryl's Zaku takes damage too. Um, and basically both mobile suits are rendered inoperable. Um, when Daryl comes out of his Zaku, Eo sees him and he sees like, oh my God, I just basically lost to this quadriplegic guy. What the hell is wrong with me? Like, I, I, like he, he is just like overwhelmed and like pissed off and upset at the same time. Um, but at this point, the Xeon soldiers are able to take control of the situation, um, and uh, we get we go back to the Xeon ships, and we see the Doctor is now in a coma. Uh, Eo is a prisoner, as well as most of the other Federation soldiers that have been kind of um, shown throughout this episode. Um, and at this point, Daryl decides he's going to confront Eo. And, um, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to watch you. But, you know, he goes in there and Daryl's been, or Eo's been tortured. He's all bloody and naked and everything like that. And they kind of confront. At this point, Eo says, you know, their fate is to fight and they're going to end up, you know, one of them's going to kill the other. Uh, And Daryl seems freaked out. um, But Eo's like hammering at him. He's hitting him hard, like emotionally it's basically like look what you gave up for the war you gave up your limbs and everything like that you think you're better than me look what you sacrificed just to become a crazy pilot and and daryl's just like freaked out because he realizes it's true in that in that instance um and that's at this point we kind of see um like some fast forwards to the battle of Bawaku. Um, and some of this covered in the manga, which we'll cover in the next episode. Um, uh, but we see flash flashes of, um, uh, Daryl fighting in his, his Zaku. Um, but it's not the psycho Zaku anymore. So he's like a pretty crappy pilot at this point. Um, the doctor's ship crashes somewhere. Um, Eos kills people and escapes with the rest of the Federation forces. And then, in the after credit scene, we see a Xiong 2, which is to never be seen again for some reason, uh, which, again, we will kind of discuss this uh, very shortly. But um, that's pretty much it for this, this show. Uh, and now we're going to transition into kind of our thoughts, what we liked about it, what we didn't like, 
and I will bring in Scotty and Luke at this point. All right, so we've got everybody with us now, and uh, this is the second part of the Lane Fucked Up episode. Um, <laughs> so yeah. um, welcome Scotty that. and Luke back for uh, the second recording of the Thunderbolt December Sky episode. Hey, hey, Luke, guess what? Yeah. Lane fucked up the December Sky episode. <laughs> he did fuck up the uh, December Sky episode. <laughs> I, I remember finishing that recording and thinking, honestly, now, honestly, I was like, that that might be one of the better recordings that we have done since starting this podcast, and I was actually pretty happy with it. I, and then I ten too. minutes later, it was, it was crushing. Guys, you you should have seen the look on my face because you know I kind of just like ended the episode and um and I went over and I was like, all right, let's start exporting. And I was like, wait, it's not there. Oh, let me hit refresh. Wait, it's not there. Oh, it's not there. Oh my god, it's not there. <laughs> I gotta say, you messaged us pretty fast. If it was me, it would have taken it would have taken me a little uh, working up to letting you guys know that that didn't work. Uh, I figured, especially after how long we spent on that episode, that uh, I would uh, let you guys know soon uh, because I felt like I felt like an asshole. I loved Scotty's reaction. He was like, "I'm gonna not react to this. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow." That was the that was the um, look, you know sometimes emotional maturity is knowing when to shut the fuck up and just wait before you say anything. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right, so let's just jump into it. Um, So we've covered the kind of the outline of the story. So let's just kind of go into a summary of the things we liked about this, uh, this show. Um, I know we all talked at length about a number of the combat scenes that we really liked. Um, I know my favorite combat scene out of the whole show was the first person Zaku mode where um, where the full armor Gundam was just, I don't know how to explain it. It feels like if Goku were attacking me in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was an uh, interesting perspective. The first time watching that scene was certainly an experience. Uh, it, it was something that has not, I should be careful there. I want to say it has not been done in Gundam before that. I may just be forgetting, or it may have been done to some limited extent. So, yeah, could be wrong there, but to me it was a new thing. It was a new way to show uh, that experience, and it it still managed to do that while going along with uh, kind of the thematic presentation of that part of Thunderbolt. Yeah, and I thought it was cool, too, because I don't think they they showed that scene that same way in the manga. So it was like, we've talked a little bit about the difference between the anime and the manga, and I really feel like this was one way that the um, anime was leveraged better than the manga was. Yeah, I think December Sky is filled with a lot of that. Uh, I think this was, uh, those first three volumes of the manga were very well suited to taking it and adapting into this different medium. Yeah. yeah. And I think the other combat scenes were also really awesome because again, like the, they, they leverage the music a lot more um, with like the chaos of war and things like that. Yeah. The really frantic, uh, the frantic jazz that they used and that really played along with the, uh, uh, the battles and the combat and the scenes and, and all of that stuff. It was really a, 
a really good transition. Not transition, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it it made the the scenes move forward in a good way. I just realized my mic is not in front of me too. So I mean, it sounded fine. Okay. Hopefully, it's recording with the correct mic. <laughs> it sounded it sounded fine with the uh, dragging too. Yeah, I'm sure it did. <laughs> um, yeah, so. We also said, like, one of the things we liked about the show um, was the different perspective that it brought into the war from the the Living Dead division, the Moore Brotherhood. And, and another part we brought up um, in, in our previous failed recording was <laughs> um, the the injured soldier aspect about how, you know, all we don't really see... Aside from like you know uh, pilot freakouts in general, we don't see injured people like returning to the battlefield. Like in all, in, in this case, the whole division was some level of amputee. Yeah, and I guess what you mean is injured, as in permanently injured. Yeah. Not, yeah. Right. The, the extent I think of what we've seen in the past was like like what you said, PTSD, and then the occasional bandage on the head. Yeah. Yeah. Ryu flies off to die, but he's got a bandage on his head, so you know that he was flying hurt. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm not a medical professional, but does the bandage on the head actually do anything? I mean, it stops the bleeding if you're yeah. gushing out of the head. So yeah. I assume you'd be lightheaded, <laughs> piloting in space and all that stuff. I, I figure that wouldn't work very well. I, I don't know if any of you guys have seen The Expanse, um, but they in the latest season... Um, they kind of address uh, how uh, internal bleeding in zero G is an absolutely terrible thing and you will die from it because blood just doesn't work that way. <laughs> to be fair, I'm pretty sure that internal bleeding anywhere is bad, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, it, yeah, of course it's bad, but like even if you have treatment and medical facilities in a zero G yeah. situation, like you can't, your blood doesn't work as normal as it would in like a gravity filled situation. I just thought that was interesting. I, I, I'm a big Expanse fan because it lets us see real things in space, whereas we don't see like super robots flying around with magical psychic powers. I gotta say, I, I kind of, I'm into the magic psychic robots. So, so I'm into both. <laughs> um, all right, so things we didn't like about this uh, episode. We're going to save some of it for the next episode uh, on December Scott or on Bandit Flower, but um, we, I think, one of the things we all kind of agreed on was the the character development in general, but specifically for Eo Fleming, is very light even compared to the manga, um, and it it kind of mischaracterizes him from the manga too. Right, so I think EO we we discussed, and I don't know if you picked this up on your summary, but one of the things that we had discussed is that when you start Thunderbolt or uh, you know, when you start December Sky, EO is the villain and Daryl is the hero of the story, even though EO is with the Federation and Daryl's with Zeon. So that's where you really start, and I think they do a good job with that, but given that things start to pivot by the end of this or even before the end of this, I, I'm not sure they highlight 
EO's growth enough. Not that there's a lot in this part of the overall wider story of Thunderbolt, but they don't really show much of any. He's just still an arrogant, pissed off bratty pilot at the end of this. And and that continues into the next show as well, which is just kind of weird. Um, I, I I don't know if like maybe they have like a different arc intended for the anime if they continue plan on continuing it, um, kind of like a retelling of the manga maybe. But um, it, yeah, their their choices on how they portray him in specific is is very weird. Like there's there's the one point where. Um, in the anime, the the kids show up to pilot their the mo- mobile suits, and he just seems annoyed. But in the manga, the, it makes very clear that he is n- not really okay with um, these kids piloting it because the, he he knows that they're essentially just meant to be meat shields for him. Yeah, he's he's going to do his job, and he tells them they are his human shields. Yeah, to you know, with no uncertainty. Yeah, yeah. But there's at least a hint that he's somewhat disturbed by it. Right. And and it's super light and you have to like, I would say if you haven't read the manga and you watch the anime, then you would think he's more annoyed with the kids being there than them being there and like dying. And not to get too far ahead, but it comes up again when they're reintroducing everyone in the, in the next movie. Um, they make a comment about it and having not read it, you don't get a sense about how he feels about it. Whereas um, in the manga, it's much better. Yeah, there's there's gray zones. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anything uh, else we, we don't like? No, I was just, you know, I was going to just kind of wrap up on this, this part of it with, I think this is generally very faithful to the book. Mm-hmm. You know, with we've mentioned some exception, but I think it is pretty faithful. And I think there are some things, and we'll get into this a little bit with the next episode. I think there are some things here that were done that look to me like when it was initially made, there was no plan to ever animate more of this. And so it sort of, like when you wrap up at the end of it, yeah, it's a little bit open. But if it just stopped here, I think you've got to kind of a self-contained little side story. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that a lot. Um, with the exception of kind of how they did, like right up until the end where they had that rush, um, that rush to finish everything or like kind of reset the status quo. Um, everything else, it was a very, very contained story where they cut it off. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's the, po- I, I should have looked this up because I've been thinking it and I just forgot to. The post credits shot is that only in December Sky? Is that in the episodes? Maybe uh, maybe a yeah, listener so that has watched the episode. You're talking about the Zeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's in that's in December Sky. Well, no, I know that. What I was asking is, is it only in December Sky? And was that not in the when it was um, the net animation episodes? So I don't know about the net animation parts. Um, we had originally thought it was like a whole. Th- thing where it just kind of stood alone but after rereading and watching the next show it actually does show up a little bit in um bandit flower i don't think you understood my question so listeners if you understood my question you can answer it in the comments. I, I understood your question and i never watched the uh the ona so i'm not sure yeah. either. But that is a good point was it 
you're saying, was it in the ONA or did they add it to December Sky? Right. Did they add it to December Sky just as a hook of like, hey, look, we might do some more. Well, didn't they already do, did they do the second series when they had done um, the compilation movie? Or had they do the compilation movie and then do... I, I don't know, because the whole last few minutes Sorry. of, the whole last few minutes of um, December Sky are like f- flash forwards in it to like the first parts of volume four of the manga. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of agree that they probably didn't plan on doing this. Yeah. And then like afterwards they're like, wow, this is really popular. Let's, let's make more money. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I think I think we're done with this part of the episode, uh, but we do have a special bonus um, bonus from Scotty here. Scotty is going to do a live yeah. draw. Yeah, I should have had this pulled up already. It takes a minute to load. But we've been playing the Gunplow Battle Warf... Whatever. Gundam Battle Gunplow Warfare mobile game, like many of you probably are. And we've, in our... You know, in our chats, separate from the episodes, basically Lane gets all the good pulls. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> the rest of us are kind of over here, like okay, I don't play as much as these guys, admittedly. But anyhow, a new event just started today, so this episode doesn't go up right away, and I think not for a couple of weeks, perhaps maybe yeah. a few. But the Event just started where uh, it's the Hyakushiki event. Basically. Mm-hmm. Golden Ace is what it's called. Yes. But I have saved up enough to do the 10x draw. I've saved up enough Canada or uh, Haro chips, anyhow. And uh, we're going to see how this goes. We're going to see how this goes. So um, We're going to do it live so Scotty rages. <laughs> I, won't, I won't rage. But uh, all right, here goes the first one. Capsule times 10. Turn it up. I don't know if it's getting picked up or not. Oh, I can hear it, yeah. Break it down. My wife was jealous that... Oh, hey, it's the, the pink things. Neat. Uh, yeah, pink. Um, my wife was jealous that this sounded cooler than her visual novel that she was playing. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right, so first one. Uh, got it. some Death Scythe legs. Nice. There you go. Sweet. You get some 7X pulls now. Or yeah. points. yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's move on to the next one here. Is that all you got? You're only four-star? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were some three-stars, but I had them all already, so I'll go and use them for... Uh, we'll melt them down. They're eco-flaw now. Right. And uh, we're not getting any four-stars on this one. <sighs> no. No. Oh, got those dual Gundam legs. I, I jinxed <laughs> myself. I was joking earlier that... Uh, I was going to get shitty draws, get some duplicate dual Gundam parts. All right, last one. And oh, there goes all that, all those Haro chips from the game crashing. Uh, I didn't pay for any of those. Oh, all right. We got four stars coming because we got the pink plastic again. I'm not going to sit here through all the uh, animations. Uh, Okay, we got uh, Gundam Exia arms and Barbatos legs. Oh, nice. Not bad. Yeah. Build a nice little melee. Yeah, pretty cool. Hey, all right. Decent stuff. I'm happy with it. And just for shits and giggles, let's go do 
a standard free pull if I even can. Yes. All right. We'll only do one of these. And then we'll stop. Okay, skip. Yeah, piece of shit. Okay. All right. That's all for that. <laughs> well, Scott, Scotty is able to get his multiplier on and get a whole bunch of... Uh, was, what, who's the, the blue one that you can get? Is it Yakushiki's the, the blue point one you get? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Uh, I'm going to try to hoard up the things for... I have stuff capped at level 60, and I have none of the pink awakening yeah. things. Yeah, with 7x, you're going to get a bunch. Yeah, All right, so, so kids, don't spend your money on Gunpla games. Just spend it on Gunpla and Gundam stuff. Yeah, we're <laughs> having plenty of fun not spending money on it. Yeah, I don't think any of us have. No, I haven't spent any. All right, so with that being said, uh, we you catch you uh, next episode. We will do... Uh, Thunderbolt Bandit Flower and the manga volumes four in the first half of five. And we'll explain why uh, December Sky is one through three and uh, Bandit Flower is only four and a half of five then. So see you then. Kind uh, of. Catch, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Catch <laughs> us on uh, Twitter at New Type Flash Pod. All our bios are in there. And uh, hang out with us on Reddit and our uh, discussion thread. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks.